Alrighty, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 489. We're recording live on Tuesday, November the 3rd. Yes, it is election day in the United States of America. And uh, we uh, we hope that uh, if you're listening um, or, well, it's not going to matter if you're listening to this now, but hopefully by the time you hear this, you have voted. Um, and that's really important to, uh, to vote. We want everybody uh, to get, exercise their rights um, and vote. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the, uh, hopefully we have an outcome by the time we're talking to you next week. So, uh, Brianna, how are you? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I'm good. You know, it's been, it's a busy time. Obviously, you mentioned today's voting day here. Um, and then we just had Halloween, which was very different this year. No trick-or-treating, but we did have, you know, some interesting festivities that we participated in. And so it was just a lot of like dressing up and exhaustion for parents, but lots of fun for the kids. Um, so, you know, they were, they had a couple of socially distanced activities outside that we were able to do. And that was nice. At least they got to do something and dress up. Um, but no trick-or-treating this year. So maybe next year we'll have better luck with that. Um, but yeah, it's just been a, like a crazy busy time and the weather's really cold here, which is, you know, that could change tomorrow. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming it's very cold there as well. Yeah. Although it's supposed to like get back up to kind of like, uh, early fall temperatures, uh, tomorrow. So we'll see it's, but it has been cold the last few days. Yeah. So. Um, anyhow, yeah, we're good. Uh, all is well. We announced yeah. here uh, the big news uh, on my side is my company, Ground Level Insights. Um, last uh, week, we announced a national uh, service called Canatrace to help businesses that are required to collect contact tracing follow-up data. Uh, it's 100% free and bilingual uh, for our two official languages up here, English and French. So we're quite excited about that. We've got a lot of media coverage around it. And uh, yeah, it's just, we're trying to do something to help these businesses out in doing something that they don't really want to do, but they have to, and the government's making them do it. So we thought we'd help. So yeah, so I'm excited awesome. about that. Uh, if you're in Canada and you're listening to this, just go to canatrace.com, C-A-N-A-T-R-A-C-E.com. So yeah. All right, let's jump into our, uh, our stories with some good ones. Okay, well, we're starting off with a voice story uh, this morning and the brand Merrill, which um, if you're not familiar, is more of like a hiking and outdoors brand providing all types of equipment for, you know, the outdoorsy person and sports uh, man or woman that you may be. Um, and so they're using this voice, uh, they, they worked with a company called Voiceify uh, to enable the skill that's on Alexa and Google Assistants. Um, and so basically what they're doing is providing guided excursions and, and helping you sort of plan a trip. So you can use this to find a trail, you can find out the difficulty rating of a specific trail, um, you can get directions, all those different things. So um, they're also planning to add voice commerce to this soon where you can actually just shop and, and purchase things um, by voice, which is interesting. Um, so this is, you know, this is an interesting approach for this type of a brand for me. And I think that, um, you know, I think that voice is still growing. I'm not sure that it has enough traction right now to work with something like this. Um, you know, I feel like they would probably get a lot more interaction if they were to integrate maybe with an existing app for backpackers or uh, with something that people use while they're, you know, hiking to look at different trails or guides or 
um, you know, G, you know, more precision GPS type of, of guidance whenever they're doing these types of hikes. Um, so I feel like it's a little premature right now. I think that the voice shopping is, you know, a good idea, but again, I don't even voice shop and I do interact with my like, you know, Alexa assistant quite often for things, but you know, it's very rare that I ever purchase anything through it. Uh, mostly probably because I would just end up with a lot of junk that my kids would be purchasing. But I like that they're thinking about voice. You know, I like that they're sort of, you know, thinking about how they can interact with uh, consumers in different ways. I just am not sure that this is going to have high yield or adoption. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of voice technologies. I think, you know, they're definitely on the rise. We've been tracking it, uh, you know, in our annual global trends report and so on. Uh, so certainly people are, are getting more comfortable with voice, you know, more and more homes have, you know, voice assistants and these kinds of things. I think we're still a little ways away from, you know, sort of the commerce aspect of that where we're just talking and ordering um, where I see that really uh, accelerating kind of more so than other areas is is in the connected car economy where you know you're in your vehicle and you're talking to uh, your car or asking you know uh, it to you know place an order for pizza as you're on your way to the pizza place or you know those kinds of things from a hands-free point of view. Um, you know, when it comes to these types of applications uh, with a brand like Merrill, um, I think it's interesting. I think it's kind of fun, uh, but I think it's, you know, not mainstream yet. I think we're still, um, uh, you know, quite a ways off, but, but I like that they're experimenting. I like that they're trying new things. And I think voice is definitely a technology on the rise. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm supportive from that point of view. There you go. There you go. All right, on to our second story now. So I know Halloween's over, but uh, I wanted to kind of highlight this story uh, that it came across. So our good friends at Burger King, uh, LBMA members, are uh, at it again. These guys are constantly, uh, you know, coming up with creative campaigns uh, and very, very uh, big uh, proponents and users of geolocation technology. So they, uh, for Halloween this year, launched a campaign called Scary Places. And what they did was, is they were encouraging uh, their fans uh, to go out and find abandoned uh, restaurant locations of their rivals. So go find like former sites that were once upon a time a McDonald's or a Wendy's or, you know, a KFC or whatever. Um, and like they had mapped these out, you know, um, using geolocation technology. And there were places in Dayton, Ohio, in Birmingham, Alabama, McHenry, Illinois. Johnston, Rhode Island, and Houston, Texas. Um, and basically, you know, you would go, you'd find these places, and when you were there, kind of in the in the area, uh, you know, you could then, um, you know, sort of get a, a, an offer for a free Whopper uh, for pickup or delivery. Um, so again, like very, very cool. You might remember they did a campaign some time ago called Whopper Detour to try and redirect people from McDonald's drive-through to, to theirs. Uh, so they're very cool. They're very crafty at using location data. Um, and and before I forget to mention it, you know, Burger King's been in the news even separate from this campaign just in the last couple of days, because in Europe, uh, they came out with a very public statement to say, look, you know, uh, right now with COVID and the cases surging in Europe right now, um, everybody's suffering, all businesses are suffering, the restaurant industry is suffering. And they said, well, they think a Whopper is the best, you know, thing that you can have. 
you know, getting a Big Mac's not so bad either. So it was what they said. So, um, you know, they were throwing some love to their, uh, to their direct competitor, McDonald's. So these guys are, uh, very, very, uh, crafty, very creative. Uh, I love what they do. So what are your thoughts? Crafty and classy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like this. I mean, it's fun and it's something that people could get out and do, you know, in a safe way and not have to be like in a big crowd or at a big party. And I think it's fun. I was thinking about this like local, it used to be a waffle house and now it's like a planet smoke, some type of like a <laughs> smoke shop or something, yeah. but it's funny, you know, I think that it's funny to think about like, what are the, the ways that you can use location to drive offers just to have engagement and have fun with people. And they are always, always on it. Um, and so I really like that they just continue to be creative and, you know, you can't like, there's nothing bad I can say about uh, the Burger King marketing team. I think that they are really just doing exciting and, and unique things all the time. Um, they're definitely like thought leaders. And, um, and so this is just another example of it. And I, you know, of course, what you mentioned at the end about how they were saying, you know, it's about being safe and just getting something and everybody's suffering. It's not so bad right now. Just, you know, get what you can get and, and support local businesses, I think is a great, um, you know, uh, emotional connection and, and just human type of a touch that they have there as well. So Always good. <laughs> Excellent. All righty. All right. Uh, before we go on to the next door, I do want to uh, to point out uh, one uh, one thing as well. So, uh, one of our LBMA member companies uh, over based in, in Israel um, uh, called Orient uh, O R I I double I there E N T. Check them out. They're a big player in the sort of indoor location space using magnetic positioning. Uh, just visit their site. They've got a great new case study up. Uh, that looks on uh, how to use this data um, and, uh, you know, how, um, you know, in, in pandemic times in particular, um, you know, uh, this type of indoor location data can be used to optimize in-store pickup and delivery. So there's a great case study up there um, on their site. So just check it out. Uh, it's, uh, as I said, O-R-I-I-E-N-T uh, is the company, uh, Orient, based in Israel. So take a look at that uh, when you have a second. All right, back to you. Cool stuff. All right. So staying, you know, we started off kind of talking about like voice and then location, and now we're combining sort of listening and location uh, with something new from Foursquare. So, um, you know, this is a new experiment that's underway from Dennis Crowley, Foursquare founder, um, and it's called MarsBot. Um, so, you know, the way that he is describing this MarsBot is uh, a cross between the original Foursquare Microsoft Office's um, Clippy, which is like really throwing it way back, uh, and a virtual assistant from the film Her, which if you remember with Charlie Theron and, uh, you know, just how this relationship involved, you know, this personal assistant uh, and, you know, how basically it was like a real friend for this person. Kind of sad. Um, but anyway, so what Marsbot is setting out to do is proactively whisper things in your ear. It will work with your AirPods, right? Um, and it, it could include, you know, things that you could find interesting in the area. So as you're walking around through a city, it could tell you things about, you know, a local restaurant or art or um, a museum, public buildings, you know, anything about the places around it. And so if you will allow it, um, it can announce also to other users that you are nearby that are also using the Marspot app. Um, 
so, you know, people can also record audio snippets about like what's going on, where they are, or maybe you want to give like a recommendation about a specific thing that you ordered inside of a restaurant. And it's using very granular hyperlocation um, in order to provide these little snippets and all this information. Um, it's leveraging Foursquare's local data, obviously. Uh, and, you know, it's a lot of like user generated content. Um, that's going to fulfill this. And basically, they're trying to promise this augmented reality type of um, experience, but through audio and not having to use your cameras, uh, your smartphone's camera. Um, you know, also, they noted that you don't need to necessarily have like a hot word. You don't need to say like, hey, Google or anything like that in order to, you know, open this up. It's just constantly um, always on, which means basically right now it uses your location all the time. Uh, to trigger these different audio notifications. So if you think about, you know, going back to like Foursquare's original mission was to uh, software that makes cities easier to use. So, you know, they were all about trying to make it easier to navigate, you know, cities and know where to go, where to visit, what to do through their app. Uh, and this is kind of going back to that original premise. Um, you know, for me, I think there's there's a lot of things to take into consideration here. I I like this like wild idea. I like the idea of mixing like audio with AR and just um, being able to hear what's kind of going on without having to be like on your device and looking for things, um, you know, but for me, this is also a very clear attempt to figure out new ways to generate more consumer data, right? Like they need more consumer data. Their business has primarily turned to more B2B analytics and data sales. Um, it, you know, especially with their acquisition of uh, placed and for, and uh, factual, you know, we're seeing that they are definitely more of a B2B play and there's very limited consumer interaction um, where they started out with, right? So I think they're trying to get back to that. And I also think that they probably need to have a constant refresh of data in order to maintain relevancy and find new ways of, of monetization. So for me, you know, the marketing and advertising plays here are very obvious. It's very easy to just say like, you know, you can get some type of, uh, you know, you could be whispering in somebody's ear about like, go get Burger King or go try this or go visit this place or go to this retail store. Um, but, you know, I think that adoption is going to be really hard here because I don't think that people want more voices in their head right now <laughs> in some ways. I think that if this was an on-demand feature, meaning that I am in a discovery mode, I could see myself using this for a temporal uh, period, right? So, you know, once upon a time, we were both business travelers. And whenever I go to cities that I'm not super familiar with, I like to try and sort of, you know, or in new neighborhoods that I haven't visited before, I like to try and figure out like, hey, what's good food? What should I see? I don't have a lot of time, but I've got an hour to kill between meetings. And I just want to like walk around and experience something that's, you know, relative and relevant here in this neighborhood. Um, and so I can see that being something that I would say, hey, I want to be in discovery and I want to walk around and listen to this. But I don't think that it's going to catch on, uh, you know, with like, being something that people are always keeping an AirPod in their ear um, and walking around and wanting that constant feedback and also wanting the, the you know, we're in a age of privacy first. And we've had all of these social media, you know, founders like within the government entities talking about, you know, the challenges that they have been pushing in terms of like freedom of speech and all of these different censorship things and these issues that are at hand. So, 
you know, having somebody talk in your ear seems like, wow, this is really like going into another direction where I'm not sure I want to go. Um, I mean, I'd love to hear an argument for somebody as a consumer who's maybe not in the tech industry say, oh, I would love this. This is exactly what I want. But I think it falls a little flat probably for how most people want to engage with this. Um, so anyways, that's that's my perspective. What do you think about this? I mean, I mean, I think it's interesting and, and I, I'm with you. I think there's there's sort of other motives here in terms of, you know, enriching the data sets uh, and finding new ways to collect data because we know there's, you know, new limitations coming on, um, you know, how we go about collecting data, you know, from the OS and so on. So, you know, I, I think you've got to get more creative and I think this is getting more creative. Um, it's not, you know, super new as a concept in terms of blending audio and location. Um, you know, obviously this, this idea has been around for some time now. Um, many years ago uh, on this podcast show, we talked about a band called Blue Brain. Uh, and this band is, is known for creating location-based albums. So they would go to places like, you know, Times Square or Central Park and they would spend some time there and they would record an album uh, that you could actually only listen to when you were geolocated within the park. Um, you know, so content that is specific to the area um, and things like that. Um, you know, I remember Herd.fm used to do, um, you know, um, on their application where you can kind of upload tracks according to location and kind of connect, you know, content to specific places, you know. And uh, in some cases, there are platforms out there that visualize that content that is sort of available in that bubble, you know, in an AR context. So, you, you know, the idea of what they're going after here, again, it's not new. There's many been many attempts at this over the years. Um, you know, broadcasters, SoundCloud, lots of people have tried to kind of do things in, in the music uh, and audio space uh, that is connected to geolocation. So, you know, I'm not super excited about it. I, I like I don't see mass scale and use uh, for uh, for what they're describing here. But I think it's it's from their point of view, uh, you know, as Foursquare, I think it's it's a great you know creative way to kind of go about you know engaging with potentially a new audience and and uh, and getting access to new data uh, to enrich you know their business. So, um, you know, from from a commercial point of view, I'm, I'm I, I think it's a good move. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I did have the thought, you know, when I was reading this story, I was thinking about, you know, I think that being able to experience certain things while you're from a from an audio audio point of view, um, while you're in certain, you know, scenery is really cool. So I was thinking about like stories and books and sort of, you know, for example, like listening to a book that has to do with something that happens specific to that area or a novel that's based at the beach when you're at the beach, right? Mm -hmm. Something that is like, you know, promoting that uh, more experiential type of listening, I think is very, very cool. So, you know, maybe it's when you're here in Atlanta, you're listening to a story about Martin Luther King, uh, you know, because you're walking by his house and you're hearing about that and yeah. you're just like really immersed in the entire experience. That to me makes sense. But something that's like whispering recommendations in my ear, I mean, to me, yeah. that just sounds like, well, what are you recommending that I do? Because at that cost, you're like, well, where's my moral conscience or where's my choices? You know, it's just like somebody kind of directing you. And to me, it just sort of doesn't, give us that freedom of thinking and open-mindedness that all of us are really seeking, I think, in this day and age, right? Yeah. 
hundred percent. So I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a little creepy uh, when you think about it. Um, <laughs> whispering suggestions to me. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's one thing to get it. Go on to the phone. bank and send Aubriana lots of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there we go. Uh, all right. Our final story, a uh, company in Australia called real world, uh, which is one word um, has launched a product called ad finder, which is also one word, but no E on the end. It's just an R. Um, so I love these companies that just mash up words and letters together. Um, so there you go. Real world launching ad finder, uh, which is a product designed to help media owners target local potential local advertisers. So it primarily serves the out of home industry uh, in uh, the UK and globally. Um, and uh, essentially, you know, what they're doing is they've come up with this sort of way to, uh, you know, sort of help out of home providers who have you know, signage space, digital or, or otherwise, find local advertisers that are a good fit for, you know, that potential media. Um, so connecting the buyer, you know, the sort of the inventory to the potential buyer. Um, so, you know, I think obviously that's, that's a challenge for any business, uh, especially when you're in the media sales business, uh, finding potential buyers. And uh, so this is a sort of digital tool that kind of links those things up. In the UK, they've got Sky, the commercial broadcaster, uh, using it to identify, again, location-based prospects. So the idea is my inventory is here physically in this geolocation. What businesses are nearby around me that could, you know, could leverage this, you know, and kind of take advantage of this or along the route that people travel or whatever the case might be. Um, so that's the uh, sort of the intention of the ad finder platform. As I said, they've got a number of brands uh, like Sky who are using it and playing around with it. Um, and it's not more complicated than that. But I think it's interesting. I think it's, uh, you know, there are a lot of players in this uh space right now there are a lot of tools on the attribution side in the out-of-home industry to use location data to measure the effectiveness of the ad and this is a tool that's kind of really looking at it and coming at it and saying hey we can help help find buyers uh, for that ad space yeah you know what i like about this it's almost like everything that has been going on in the digital advertising space with the dsps and the ssps and how they connect you know the demand and supply together based on data is now happening in more of digital out of home or just standard billboards you know that are that are out of home um and so i think that it's really you know it it's like very easy and it makes so much sense, but nobody's really done it yet, you know, at scale, it seems like. So I like this, that they're thinking about something that seemingly is so simple, um, but just really, you know, continues to enable businesses to connect with one another, right? And know like, okay, I can do this with, you know, I should put my ad here because of this data, or I can go after these businesses as prospects because it makes most sense for them versus just having, you know, this wide array of, um, cold calls or, you know, targeted verticals that you're going after. So I really like that. I think it's really, um, really great. And when I think about the real world, I just go back to like high school and, uh, you know, the MTV reality TV show. Yeah. So I was hoping they would have like some really great house somewhere that <laughs> where they would be putting like, you know, buyers and, and, you know, like the brands and businesses alongside of the people who are selling the inventory, just all in one house together and filming it. But that's not really what's happening. <laughs> like Big Brother. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, but it was, it was MTV. It was the real world. Yeah, it was the real world. I wonder who would survive. 
like if if the uh, the buyers would outlast the uh, the sellers or what? Like I don't know. It'd be interesting. It'd be a different kind of survivor show. Yeah. Well, or they would be hooking up, you know, buyers and sellers. It'd be like really scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, on that note, um, we uh, we thank you for listening and watching. This has been episode number 489 of Location Weekly. Uh, as always, we would love your feedback, story ideas. Reach out to us on all the social media channels uh, and let us know what you think. Give us some stars, some likes in the uh, platform you're listening or consuming this on. And of course, we'll be back next week with episode 490. Have a great week, everybody. Be well. Thanks. Bye. Bye.